On today's show, the top 10 tips for promoting your live show. Cue title sequence. 30-minute music marketing for musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Hi, I'm Greg. Hello, I'm Sheldon, and this is 30-Minute Music Marketing, the show for independent artists and DIY musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. That's you. Hi. Thank you very much for watching this particular episode. We've got lots of other episodes. If you look at our playlists and our channel to do with all aspects of marketing uh, music, uh, don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell, whatever that means. Uh, today, Greg, we're going to be talking about how to promote your gigs and shows as a DIY artist mm. and musician. So... Quite a lot to get through. Today. A lot to get through. Uh, and it's very important simply because mm. as recorded music sales have declined, the, 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 the balance has had to be made up in the live music sector. So um, live music and shows is more important now for DIY artists than ever before. As a DIY musician, I'm in a band and I think it's probably fair to say that between 70 and 80% of the money that we make uh, from being in a band um, comes from live music and from gigging and touring mm. and playing festivals. So the better that we are, and indeed you are, at promoting those particular shows, the more money that we're likely to get at the end of the day. So it's of top uh, importance for, for every, uh, everyone as a DIY artist and musician. So hopefully mm. there's going to be 10 fantastic tips in here, all the T's, top 10 tips uh, for, uh, for everyone out there. Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, the live show for you is a big revenue. It is a big uh, as a percentage, revenue Even earner. the merch as well, once you're actually there. Especially the merch as well, yeah. You can uh, you can make uh, a lot of money in terms of, you know, on each and every single person that's there. If you've got a range because of merch, maybe that's an episode in itself. Because, you, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good idea. Um, the you probably sell more CDs at the event, even though people have already come to listen to music. They still buy the CD, which they probably don't just order them online from your shop. Do it's they? a souvenir. It's a souvenir. But again, mm. that's for a future show. Yeah, I, it's I just something I thought of. So, so we've got we've got ten essential tips. Okay, so tip number one. Uh, first off, by the way, I've got a bit of a cold, so I'm gonna have a bit a bit of a swig. Of what is it? It's, Hot it's, water. It, well, you're you're supposed to be saying the numbers. Come I on. know. Okay, number Come one. On. All right, so it is give yourself time to promote the event or the show. There's nothing worse, I think, than having a very short lead-up time between the when you announce the show and the actual show taking place. People need time in order to plan things within their lives. There's, there's certain logistics whenever you go to a show at a nearby town or city that needs to be taken care of. It could be getting to the show. It could be... Uh, babysitting, if you're, if you're of a certain age, as I know a lot of people are in terms of my friends, it could be actually earning enough money to pay for the show. So the, the, the longer the amount of time that you can plan uh, in order for that to happen, the better. What's not a good idea is um, maybe taking a gig on with, uh, with two weeks to go and then trying to drum up enough interest and enough excitement within two weeks that's probably not going to work out to be a large sort of attendance. Now, the thing is, as, as part of my day job, 
I work for an events promotions company that puts on gigs. And we tend to find that between four and six months is about the ideal sweet spot for the show going on sale and maybe giving ourselves uh, lots of opportunities, especially under the month when people get paid mm. to try and advertise. We run uh, Facebook ads uh, to promote all our shows. And we, we tend to find that between four and six months is about the ideal um, length gonna, of time for us. That's going to come as quite a surprise it's, for a lot of bands, a, a lot of people watching this, that in terms of anticipating that far ahead. Now, we know because we've been in bands ourselves and we're still associated with, with a lot of bands that maybe sort of on a smaller sort of level, that they might get um, offers of interests to, to play a gig from venues and promoters um, maybe over the Facebook and they'll say, oh, we've got a slot free in two weeks' time. Can you like, can you play that gig? We know that sort of thing happens a lot All and is probably time. going to happen to you as a as a, as a viewer of this particular uh, usually show. A, a band's pulled out at the last minute. Something like that, or it just will be that whoever's running the diary for that particular event is it, you know is probably doing a, a myriad of other things. What I'd be tempted to do is maybe say, well, in this particular case, maybe turn down that offer, maybe give them some sort of reason as to why that might not be able to take place and just go, right, oh, we've, we've got a, a, a free slot in the diary in maybe, say, three months' time. So you're still hopefully going to be playing that particular um, for that particular promoter or within that particular venue. It's just that you're trying to do it on your terms rather than theirs. And don't forget they've contacted you. But And, and then, if, again, if you can diary that ahead for three months' time, you've then got three solid months within which to, uh, to try and, you know, you've got a good crack a good job of uh, trying to actually promote that show mm. rather than two weeks, which is going to be, um, well, it's not going to work out particularly well. Mm, the only people definitely going to show up at that is yourself. And your friends, you know, and a few and hardcore friends and family. Right. So, yeah, the more time, the better. So, that's a good starter. Yes. Number two, you put, have a good poster. So your poster for your event is going to be a good indicator for the casual person as to how the event is going to run. The better the poster, the, the more professional looking the poster in terms of the mind and semiotics and the signs that that particular poster gives off, then you know, the, the person who views that poster will subliminally think, well, if that's a good poster, chances are the event is also going to be good. If you knock something <laughs> up in Word art or you know my, other Microsoft Word or, or, or terrible online packages, the amount of... It's not that we and my, me and my friends occasionally snigger when we see um, really, really badly produced uh, event posters. And it's, we certainly wouldn't um, screenshot those posters and send it to each other in, in WhatsApp and then giggle at the lack of professionalism. But, but this is the thing, if you see something and the poster is amateurish, you're going to think, well, the, the band's amateurish or the artist is amateurish, the night is going to be amateurish also. So it pays, even if you pay a graphic designer to create like a, you know, a, a template that you can reuse mm. again and again and again, and you've just got the overprint at the bottom, the, the lower third, where you can print the um, the name of the venue and and you you can just personalise or individualise that particular bit, then that's really you, should, you know, something. It, it's an investment. I suppose it's like if you were to see an advert for a business that couldn't spell properly. Yes, you'd possibly think 
I mean, there's a, a business that I'm not going to mention, but I like the fact, and it always makes me giggle, every time they have uh, a thing written on the door and somebody didn't proofread the word friendly. So it's spelt friendly, which I just think is really funny. Myself and my wife have a motto in terms of um, adverts or um, takeaway flyers. Um, and basically, if you can't spell it or you're, uh, if you've got a, a terrible punctuation, then it's the, the lack of care and attention in the promotional materials is probably going to pass through to the food that we're going to be eating. So if it's spelt wrong and if it's got terrible greengrocers apostrophes, chances are your food's going to taste rubbish as well. So, so first impressions. First impressions. That's basically what I was trying to get. You've succinctly summed it all up in two Thank words. You. It's very good. He I'm, earns his keep. I'm getting there. He earns his keep. I mean, I'm, I'm so bad that if I see something advertised on the Facebook marketplace, if the person cannot use decent English or grammar in their advert, I will just think that that item has not what, been looked after. Yes, the yes, that's, that's that a, might be a little bit elitist, and I don't mean it to be. It's just it's just the way he is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so right, so. I like the idea of the template. That's a, that's that means you can reuse. Yes, um, there are a couple of places. What's the the one? Uh, Postermywall.com has band flyer templates, which I think you can open up in Photoshop and Illustrator. Indeed, the uh, poster for my band's forthcoming summer tour was adapted from one of those templates, okay. and I think it cost me three pounds. Now, obviously, I, I can work my way around Photoshop, so I, I can take something that somebody's a professional designer has started, and then I can go Modifier. in there, I can re remove elements and add elements. So I can, you know, it, it, someone's already half completed the job for me. So again, if you can work your way around Photoshop, and uh, some of those templates are quite easy, whereby it might just have a uh, a stock photo of a singer or uh, you know a guitarist or what have you, and maybe you can swap that out for a, a photo of you, and maybe that's the only thing that needs changing, other than maybe to change the text within the poster. So uh, they're a good option if um, if you want to do it all yourself. Okay, so we've kind of talked to obviously about resources like things like Photoshop. Mm -hmm. You can obviously rent Photoshop and get Photoshop Elements, which is a cheaper version. So the next one, for those who are obviously cash strapped, which is nearly all Most of us, of us yes. Uh, you've uh, mentioned here, use free event promotion tools. Yes, so the two that come uh, instantly to mind are Bands in Town, and I'm sure quite a few of the people uh, that are watching this or listening to this will be familiar with bands in town, are you familiar with bands in town? It's the first I've heard of it. It's well, there you go. He runs a studio. He's, Finger he's on not the pulse, as always. Finger on the pulse. I've got old Greg. It's a service that lets its users know when the bands that they like are in their area. So when, it, so you know, if that particular uh, user um, who lives near Liverpool, say, uh, uh, when my band announces a show in Liverpool that particular person should get a notification through their email that we've got a gig near there. Now, that, that's pretty good, isn't it? And it's free. So I think it's a good way for it. I mean, how different is that, though, to a mailing list? Um, is it, it just automated? It's just automated, and it's something that the band doesn't have to do. You have to just make sure that bands in town know that that event is taking place. They scrape a lot of information from tickets, websites, He's like Ticketmaster, okay. and so so a lot of the time you don't. If your events are listed there, you don't need to do anything. Other than that, you can just log into your account 
and create those events manually. If you've got a lot of events, you can upload an Excel sheet, but it's a free way that people um, can find out about your shows. That's That's got to be good. Yeah, and the next one you've mentioned here is Songkick. Songkick, another free service. Their Torbox service, pretty much the same thing. Um, if you upload your gigs and shows to Torbox, and again, sometimes they scrape that information from other uh, sources. When you say upload, do you mean like media content? Like uh, no, but you, you, just, you, you have an account with, with Songkick, and you go up there and you make sure that your events are all listed okay. there. So mm -hmm. I go on there and my band, a lot of the events are automatically listed. Right. And so, so they've got that information from, from somewhere, again, probably ticket agencies. There's a couple that I might need to manually create. And they will put that information primarily with uh, Spotify. Okay, now, that's pretty good. That is so good. somebody can go onto my artist page and they can find out about events near them. And, uh, and okay, that's it's cool. free. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty so, damn good. So, that, so make sure you're signed up and using Bands in Town and uh, Songkick and that all your information as an artist and all your events are up to date on there. So this moves nicely on because I already mentioned about a mailing list, but your next one is to notify your mailing list. You'd be surprised the amount of artists that have a mailing list and don't really use it on a regular basis. As a, as a way of an example, I signed up for one particular uh, singer's uh, mailing list. Uh, I won't mention their name, um, but I think in the two... They're local? Not, not really. Oh, okay. You're you know, fa fairly local. Okay. And I've been signed up there for maybe two, maybe three years. I've probably had about three emails from them. Now, admittedly, the last email I received from them, it was, I think, last week, and it was about one of their upcoming shows. So I'll let them off in that respect. However, there's been dozens of shows since, and they've not bothered Nothing. to notify me at all. And the thing is, it is hard trying to contact people and to reach people and to notify your audience, wherever they may be, either on social media and what have you. And th there really is nothing more annoying than you going to a town or city and then receiving um, uh, a communique, maybe on social media, going, oh, when you're playing such and such a place, and it's just like, we played there last week. Oh, I didn't know about that. Have you been living under a rock? So it is hard. So the more potential channels that you have to notify people, and again, to, to notify the people that do actually want to receive um, uh, messages uh, from you, um, mailing lists, what, what's referred to as permission magazine. So in other words, you have the permission of those people on that list yeah. to contact them. Which is, makes a big difference. And obviously the, the idea is not just to solely hammer those people with what are potentially sales messages. But again, if you've, if you've got their permission, then the occasional email, maybe listing all your gigs, make sure you use it. But you can also use it for other exclusive content mm. and things like that. So oh, yeah. it doesn't I mean, have to be just... Standard practice is to email the people on your list about once a week. So, you know, it may well be that one week you're listing all your shows. One week you may be giving them an exclusive video. Another week may well be a humorous anecdote about driving all the way down to a town and um, um, them not having anybody on the box office and you having to, to run that. And the hilarious um, uh, consequences of being in a touring band. That sort of thing. <clears throat> Enough of my woes. So in terms of, I think obviously we're going to be leading nicely on to number five, but you know, it's a shame that people probably rely too much on number five. 
which is why they're not able well, to do much I of number I four. I don't know. I, I, I still think they are an underutilised resource. What is number five? Number five is using Facebook events. Facebook events are great. Do and you? I, I think there's... No, 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 no. A lot of people... Right, here, here we go. We can, we can have a good good chat about this. All this is unrehearsed, by the way. If you think people are, oh, Instagram, oh, it's brilliant. It's like it's trying to actually sell or shift anything on Instagram is really, really hard because it's primarily a branding platform. Hmm. Facebook is the only social media network whereby you can do a bit of business. And in terms of if you're trying to get people to your gigs and to your shows, the Facebook event is really so much, of, I think, a focal point of that. And I don't think people know how to properly utilise that particular resource. What's your gripe about Facebook events? No, it's, it's, it's not so much the infrastructure of Facebook, it's just the fact that bands, that's the only thing they do. No, yeah, well, you know. And I'm forever seeing Facebook events and, you know, this idea are that... You, are you constantly added as a private individual? Yes. Right, so so maybe the... It's almost like this this idea that, um, you that invite they a... add everybody. Right, well, that, just... that in itself is not a marketing strategy. It's maybe one element of it. However, just inviting all your friends that are Facebook friends with you to the Facebook event, that's not how... Well, whenever, you know, as a musician, I don't invite any of my people who I'm friends with to my Facebook events because I just, I'm marketing to, to actual to, to, to to people. Fans, but so, so, let, so I like to consider Facebook events is right. That's a focal point for members of the general public to get information about that particular show. So the first thing to do is make sure that everyone who's involved with that particular show are co-hosts. So that could be the venue, that could well be the mm. promoter, it could be the other artists on there. And I've seen some people go, oh, well, I've, I've been told you need as many Facebook events as possible. No, what you need to do is you just have one Facebook event. And if you if there's already a Facebook event that's been set up for a show that you're playing, what you can do is you can go to that event and you'll see three dots on the right-hand side of that event and you can add it to your particular calendar. And then I think you should be um, you should become a co-host of that particular event. And the idea is that you create a focal point that it, it's almost like a plant. It needs nurturing. It needs water. It needs, um, it needs plant food. And if people respond to that particular event, even if they're not necessary, even if they respond just to say that they might be interested, then every time that somebody posts in that event to try and persuade people to go, they will get a notification on their Facebook newsfeed. So if I posted maybe a video of myself, uh, my myself or my band performing, just to say, all oh, right, here, you know, we're, we're this gig is in three weeks' time. Here's what we got up to, uh, you know, this Saturday to again to try and show people and persuade people. They'll get a notification. It's really hard trying to get people's attention on Facebook, but if they've shown interest in that particular event then every time you post in there, even if they're only slightly interested, mm. you've got another opportunity mm. uh, to try and get their attention and they will re receive a notification. And that, that's the hardest thing. And every time they get uh, a notification, you're contacting, you're trying to contact them and that won't cost you anything because obviously Facebook ads is one of the ways that you can use to promote your show, but obviously that costs money. So, but anything that you can do, every little touch that you have, <coughs> excuse me, with that person on the other end, you can do it for free. Fantastic. Hmm. So, so my um, advice would be to, to to feed it on a regular basis 
And if people are interested, my, my advice to you is, right, okay, so what can you do in order to try and persuade people to go, what are you going to post in there? And again, as we'll, as we'll say, there's, there's potentially other things that we can, uh, that we can discuss, mm. especially her point number six. Okay, so point number six is <clears throat> show people your live experience. So if you're trying to get people to your show, the one thing you need to be posting on social media is footage of you performing live. Greg, I know, I know you're a big film fan. Yes. Would you potentially really spend a lot of money, because it costs a lot of money to go to the cinema these days, would you spend a lot of money without seeing a trailer for a film? No. No. I mean, well, it, it would have what, to, it would have to the, be something I would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's the, what's the reasoning behind Just that? Just because, you're right, cinema is expensive. Um, Gigs are expensive. Yeah. And I, you know, I think maybe... Um, Word of mouth may work for businesses, but word of mouth in this situation? Well, you I know, think it, it, it can work. But, you know, the it, thing it's is, not enough. I all these people, you know, are potentially at home. They're on the other end of a phone by the means of social network. In order to try and get their, their, the, the bums on seats, to, to use that particular analogy, what better way to do that than to actually show them what they're going to get? Show yeah. them what they're missing out of. <coughs> Excuse me, there's that cough again. So if I, maybe even from a state, I mean, this is one of the things I do, that there's one particular moment in my band set where I can take either my phone or, or a digital SLR and show all these people in a crowd having a, a really good time. And that, you know, you can more or less say to the people at home, look, you're missing out yeah. on this. So, and... I think, actually, just to interject, I think you've always done this, uh, which is the fact that, you, and you've always said because... I've actually come out to film these guys on quite a few times is that there's the focus being on the audience participation because I think too many bands possibly focus purely on just capturing themselves rather than trying to show an element of both because I think at the end of the day as Sheldon said you know you want bums on seats and having an audience engagement will probably convince yeah. more people to come and see if, you. Yeah, if you, if you are lucky enough to be uh, to be pulling some crowds, then you need to be taking your phone out and taking, uh, you know, either pictures of those crowds or footage of those crowds. Even if you're not, just the simple act of one of your friends in the audience getting their phone out and, and filming you. Try and do it as often as you possibly can. Better still, if you can get somebody to film you live. So what better way to advertise your, your next show than the people sitting at home getting a notification that they can actually see what's happening on stage with you live at this moment. And at least once in our current tour, I've, uh, you know, I've taken my phone out and the last song of the set where everyone's going crazy at bonkers, you know, I, I managed to broadcast that just to show the people at home what they were missing and what better way then to to try and sell our future dates than footage of the crowd and you know us on stage and everyone having a fantastic mm. time. So show mm. people what you can do. Show people what they're missing. Do it as well, many times as you possibly can. The funny thing is, I, I bet, you know, when you asked me about would I go and see a film if I hadn't seen a trailer and in all likelihood the answer would be no. Yeah. Uh, I bet the people on the other end of this camera will probably be exactly the same, but then they don't do the very thing that they would require themselves to convince them 
to go and see something. I mean, yeah, okay, there are a few events like Glastonbury that will <coughs> out without anyone knowing, but you know that that's the exception rather than the norm, isn't it? Yeah. So you know, people do need persuading, but but you know, show them what they're, what they're uh, what they're missing out on. And again, if you're if you're fantastic performers, let the people see the guns. You all right there? Yeah. Really, it's been a long day for him. It's I'm been a really long day. I'm really tired today. I don't know why. You should be, you should be, you should be excited. I experience am excited. Of, uh, recording yet another scintillating episode. I, I am. Uh, two yawns. Hashtag Greg tired. Two yawns in five episodes isn't bad. Right. So number seven. This is going to be an interesting one. Remind people regularly. Yeah, not too regularly, but as we all know, people lead very busy lives. So we have, you know, at various intervals. We have to make sure that we remind people that our up-and-coming gig is is happening, and you can do that within the Facebook event itself. Again, you know, if you've got an opportunity to use some footage from your last gig, that could be a, an excellent reminder. But the the best thing to do is to try and be as creative as possible with those reminders, rather than just saying, "Oh, the gig's in five weeks' time," and then putting a you know a, a link to the event or to you know to where they can buy tickets. The gig's in four weeks' time. The gig's in three weeks. That in, in, in itself is, is quite boring and quite repetitive, and people will mentally filter that out. So there's loads of things you can do. So you can use the, you know, a gig poster, and then you can use a bit of um, video footage, and maybe either a bit of one of your music videos, then you can do, use some live footage. <coughs> one of the things that my band does, and it, it's incredibly easy, I just take a phone out, Take a couple of members, you know, film a couple of members of the band talking for 15 seconds about the next show. So whenever we're packing up our uh, equipment and jetting off okay. into the night, just do, you know, a simple sort of reminder. You could do, you know, every once in a while, you could um, do like a, um, a Facebook Live where you talk about all your upcoming shows. My band's got a podcast and within the podcast, we have a, a specific section where we talk about all our upcoming show so that's in an audio format so yes you have to keep reminding people you know on a, on a semi-regular basis but by doing it in different ways and to try and make it as entertaining as possible and as less salesy as possible that's going to help um, it be um, it, you know it work out sorry i'm being distracted by the dog the dog's joining in with the conversation so I like the ideas. I like the yep. fact that you do the, the stuff at the end of oh, the... Oh, oh, oh I've got, I've, sorry, on, I've got a couple of good ones here. It, so it, it, I've, um, I've got written down here as a suggestion. Um, if you're doing a Facebook Live and you're, you know, you're doing a, a little bit of a performance on your Facebook Live, you, you can say, all right, I'll be playing this at the O2 Academy in Liverpool uh, next uh, this coming Saturday. <coughs> Why not join me? Or you can say... Right, I'm open for requests for my O2 Academy show that's coming up in Liverpool this Saturday or in a fortnight. So you, you can, again, it's almost like a, you, you're crowbarring it in there. You know, you do the, the request thing that people... Well, n well, well that's in, just a suggestion. But in terms, you know, when you kind of usually have a piece of paper, when you kind of shout outs and stuff like that, are they submitted online? Yes. Or they, so that, I suppose, is something that... Is a way of reminding yeah, you could people. you could say right, you know, I'll uh, I'll give you some shout outs for my upcoming gig at the yeah. O2 Academy in Liverpool this Saturday. You know, Have just you by any me. chance got a gig in the O2 Academy this week? No, not 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 coming in, Dece oh, right. in December. Oh, December, which right. if you're watching this in December, you know, you well, you're more than welcome to go see. Come on down. 
So, right, okay, um, next one is number eight. Create a one-off event. So familiarity breeds contempt, that's what they say. If you're doing the same thing, potentially in the same venue again and again, that could um, that could be a little bit of a buzzkill. For example... <coughs> you really are dying today, aren't you? I know, it, it, it's tickly, it's not, a, uh, it's not ideal. If you're playing the same venue or the same town on a semi-regular basis, which, you know, is... Is something that might be occurring for uh, for a lot of uh, independent artists and DIY musicians. And you're saying, please come to my show. People are going to say, oh, I won't come to this one. He's going oh, to he or she is going to be there in a, again in a, in a couple of months' time. And then, no, what will happen is when that two or three months' time comes round, and you say, oh, please come to my show, and they go, well, you know, I won't catch this one. I'll, I'll catch. Because they'll one. be back in a few. They'll be back in a few I weeks. Think they'll that's be back in a few months. Similar to what something my dad used to say, it will be. It'll be on again. It'll it'll be on again. He's very succinct, your dad. So so that repetition, that familiarity, that that repeat thing is is your enemy. So the more times that you can create an individual one-off experience that will never be repeated, the better. So for for example, um, when was it? A couple of years back. Well, whenever you two um, did the Yoshua uh, Tree tour. Yes. And they were playing the Joshua Tree from start to finish in full, in its entirety. They've never, never done it before. They'll never do it again. So if I wanted to see that, I had to go and see that particular tour. Otherwise, I would never see it. Did you go and see that? I did, yes. Right. It cost me a lot of money as well. You However, paid but, a lot of money but to see I it. had to. But it's, it's like it's a one-off event. It's a one-off experience. So anytime you can try and create an individual theme or something unique that happens on this particular night... That is an incentive for your audience to get off the backside and come and see you. So if you're doing something maybe round, you know, if you're doing a gig round uh, St. Patrick's Day, you could do some Irish-themed um, music in there. If it's Halloween, there could be, you know, tr try and, you know, identify a, a particular theme or an element of uniqueness for each particular show, and then people have to come. Otherwise, they're going to they're, they're miss it. I mean, myself as a band, we try and theme our tours as much as possible, not only to give us a, you know, something, a, a marketing slant, but also to try and create something that you, you, you have to come and watch this this time round because this version of the show will never happen again. Doesn't it make it more interesting <coughs> for you as well? Oh, it does, yeah. Because I remember, and it's not quite the same, but I remember seeing an interview with Mark King, the bassist and lead singer from Level 42, and, you know, he was kind of saying a lot of what I do is to keep me interested. If I just kind of sang, just did the root note stuff, it would, I'd just get bored and switch off. So, you know, I think it's nice to see bands doing things specifically to keep them on their mm. toes and make it interesting for them. Because if it's interesting for you, then more than likely it's going to be interesting for your audience. I go along with that. So, yes, so... That, that I thought was an interesting point. Anyway. Interesting. I do. Uh, right, we are on number nine. Nine. And it is let the relevant people know. So, so who do you mean, Sheldon? So I'm talking about those um, elements of the media that hopefully might be interested in what you're trying to do. You're going to need to do a bit of research wherever you're playing to try and let them know that the gig is taking place in the hope that they will advertise or promote or feature your event in some way. So you're going to have to do a bit of work so we're talking about uh, local radio stations, uh, local um, press, 
any sort of local music blogs online? Are there any Facebook pages that are specifically devoted to music or uh, events within that particular area? For example, we live in St. Helens and there's a there's a Facebook page and a, a Twitter page called like What's On In St. Helens. Yeah. So if you have a, a gig or event in St. Helens, that would be a, a perfect place to start. So uh, it would probably be fair to say that the majority of artists, certainly that, that we know, maybe wouldn't go to that amount of trouble. Well, the funny thing is, I would have thought that a lot of these, because obviously radio's in decline. <coughs> and... <coughs> I know, you're going to have to, edit all these coughs out. No. Uh, you know, a lot of the local press, you know, I think you wrote a post this week about music blogs and everything's... <laughs> Kind of on the decline. You so, well, you have again. You have to do a bit of work, but if you but at what least I was you don't. Is, is that most of these most of these things are probably crying out for, for, yeah, for, for content. content. So the likelihood of you being hitting a brick wall and not actually, they'll probably welcome you with open arms. I would have thought. So there's a, there's a, again we're talking about Liverpool. There's a Facebook page called Is it Liverpool Bands? Yes. So that would be, again. So try and find out. All the smaller blogs, maybe um, local um, even music. TV stations as well. Well, pot potentially. I mean, in the UK, there's some smaller community TV stations. Well, you've got Toxic TV. Does that still exist? I'm not too sure about Toxic. Is it that Liverpool? Possibly. Yes. So you know that they might be uh, they might be worthy of, mean, of a try. Any um, of these things, it's, you've got to be in it to win it, haven't you? Yeah. So uh, again. Um, we, uh, my band's been doing a little bit of a mini tour and I contacted quite a few newspapers. The best lead I had was one particular chap who was a uh, newspaper journalist of a you know small regional newspaper and he was, he was a fan of the band and I said, oh, I just actually emailed the newspaper and just said, with, with a press release saying, here's the band, we're coming up, playing it. Hope, you know, fingers crossed you'll, you'll give us some sort of coverage. And the, the, the journalist who replied goes, I'm a massive fan of yours. And I went, brilliant, here we go. Newspaper coverage, here we come. And he says, well, I'm going into a meeting tomorrow and I will put this to the editor of the paper. And it's brilliant. And um, you never got back to me. And he went, oh, no, I didn't go to a meeting because I was going on holiday. And, uh, oh, never mind. But he, he assures me that when we come round next time, which will be in 12 months' time, that we'll get a feature. So, I mean, so let's hope he's still at the paper. But again, if I hadn't bothered to do that. But you also played, so this is quite early on in your career, you played, is it the City Radio Tower or Capital? I can't remember which one. It was, it was Radio City. Radio, you know, you literally got to the top of the tower. The top of it. This, on, will, this will be nothing if, if you're watching this in America. It, it's, it, try, try, and, try and remain as universal as possible. Yeah, I know, but ultimately, it was, it, it was, a, it was a really good experience, and B, it was like, well, I'm sure you probably just went, oh, let's give him a shout and see what happens. We had a, we had a personal connection with one of oh, the radio okay. presenters. That helps as well. That helps, yes. <laughs> okay, so, so make friends in the music industry. That's what mm. relationships are good. But yeah, you know, and again, this is it. In this particular instance, using this particular, I think it was called George, this this reporter. Okay, so I didn't get round to being featured that time. However, I've now got the name of him as a newspaper reporter who I will I can contact. Remind. I can I, I can with hopefully you know in in a good amount of time for when we play that particular town uh, slash Are you city able to next year. Comment which borough this is in. Derbyshire. Right. 
It's not really helped me, but it's a plain, other than I'll, I know I'll tell you once the cameras have stopped okay, rolling. You know, cool. he, he, was, he was trying his best. He was okay. trying his best. I look he, but he did, he, the he did go on holiday. Yes, but but this is it. So so what I did was I used, you know, I, I did some research in trying to find out the, the regional newspapers for all the towns that we were playing on this particular tour. And you've, like you say, you've got to be in it to win it. If you don't, if you don't ask, you know, if you never you shoot, don't get. if you never shoot, you'll never score. Right, so finally, number 10, and I think you have mentioned this before in yes, one of yes, our yes. previous episodes. It so doesn't matter, I'll keep on it re repeating it and reiterating it. seem quite important, which is have a marketing budget. Have a marketing budget. So if you want people to come to your show, you're probably going to have to spend a little bit of money trying to reach people, probably your existing fans, to make sure that they know about the show. <coughs> or if you've got a long lead-up time, to maybe try and introduce yourself to people who might like your music. Once you've made that introduction, you can maybe have a little bit of a, um, uh, um, not necessarily a relationship with them, but but try and get to know them a little better. Or if they can start following your page in this intervening period, and you can deliver some sort of you know content and additional music videos to them, and then you can maybe run another advert to try and get them to your show. So. For each one of our shows as a band, we will have a marketing budget of, of several hundred pounds. <coughs> Are you going to be editing all these coughs out? This is probably the worst I've ever heard. And, uh, well, it's because I've been talking for half an hour, that's why. I could have done with two cups of tea rather than just the one. Sorry. But yeah, so we will, sp in order to accumulate money and to make money, we have to spend, spend money. So, you know, that will be a marketing budget for, for one of our shows could be small amount on posters, some flyers for some types of shows. We do a lot of theatres, so we'll get some um, flyers printed. Yeah, you still, you, it's kind of weird, because, not weird, I suppose, because as I work a lot with Sheldon, I get to see all the ins and outs. Um, so although I might not be in a band myself, I do still get to see quite a lot of the the other elements of it. and. Whilst Sheldon is probably one of the best people I know at using Facebook for targeted ad campaigns, he still has flyers as well in colour. In colour? On a reasonably good quality card, which always says something. Uh, Positively. Yes. Single-sided as well. Or sometimes sometimes double-sided. But in addition to that, we will spend several hundred pounds per show trying to reach our existing fans. Occasionally, <coughs> a little bit of money to to get to their friends as well. We spend a little bit of money trying to um, reach the people who've maybe viewed our videos but haven't liked our page. We'll spend a little bit of money on that. Sometimes um, I will spend a little bit of money advertising to people who like music festivals in that area and I will show them some footage of us at the music festival, and the thing you have to remember: people who go to music festivals, they've got a lot of money that they spend on live music. So sometimes, you know, I do a little bit of you know speculative spending. So most of the ad spend that I do for my um, live music shows will be on people who already know me. And again, maybe um, I think we're we're going to try and do uh, an episode um, devoted to Facebook um, ad marketing in a future episode. Yes, I think uh, somebody did ask about that. Yes, so we are, we are getting to that, but we want it to be to be good and to be right. But yeah, so so we the majority of the marketing spend is devoted to people who already know us. But I will, you know, it, it's like putting a little bit of money on the on the roulette wheel. 
I will speculatively try and uh, gamble a little bit of money in order to try and um, bring our event to uh, to the attention of uh, of, uh, of people who don't necessarily uh, know us that well. I think we've covered um, ten uh, very good tips there. So yeah, I, I think ultimately the consensus is that shows don't really market themselves, and that the the whole I won't necessarily say ethos, but if you want people at your shows, you you have to work it the the, the, the same as, as as everything else. And as we can see, there's loads of individual steps that you have to do and that you have to keep returning to and consider it. it it's pretty much like everything else, you know. You, and again, you could have uh, a marketing plan, and maybe a future episode might be to what would be a typical marketing plan. To uh, to promote a, uh, a a live music event from start to finish, from the show going on sale to the actual show date itself, what are all the individual sort of points? And I, I, you know, as you can see, there's a there's a lot of things to do. And if you do want hundreds of people at your shows, there's you know the these shows don't sell themselves. No. Thanks for watching. I'm going to have a glass of water now and a very large one. So thank you for putting up with my coughs and splutters. Hopefully by uh, the uh, the next episode, I shall be fully recovered. We shall see you next time. Thank you. See you now.